Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Joy of Financial Planning podcast. The topics of this podcast are a complement to the book, Joy of Financial Planning, available in stores including Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. Joy of Financial Planning is about the belief that we can overcome the unique economic and life challenges we face as a generation by first getting our financial house in order. In fact, we have no other choice. Now more than ever, we must grow our wealth, follow our passions, live with compassion, and find a way to achieve a personalized version of the American dream. Just as it has been in prior generations, the ideal of the American dream is being challenged, not just because of the novel coronavirus pandemic, but because of the callous murder of a fellow black man, George Floyd, that we all got to see. The example of his abuse, and that of many others, cuts through the core of the American dreams I have believed in all of my life. I have a persistent belief that all are created equal, worthy of respect, deserving of opportunity, and the ideals of the American dream live inside all of us. I thank you for supporting dreams, your dreams, by listening to this podcast. The purpose of this content is to educate listeners and for them to inform others. This episode is part of a series of recorded Zoominars from my Jason Howell Company YouTube channel. That's where you'll find the video versions. In my business life, my wealth management firm collaborates with many experts. Together, we transform regular investors into patriarchs and matriarchs of their families and their communities. This episode features some of that expertise. Please send your feedback to jason at jasonhowell.com and give this episode a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts, if that's the kind of thing you do. For more about my unique brand of family wealth management, just go to jasonhowell.com. And now, economic opportunities for all communities with Ebony Perkins from the Self-Help Credit Union. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Jason Howell Company Speaker Series Zoominar. As always, I'm happy to share all of my contacts with you, not just our Jason Howell Company clients, because we think sharing is caring and your network is your net worth. Today, we've got a great episode. We've got Miss Ebony Perkins here from Self-Help Credit Union to talk about creating economic opportunities for everyone um, all over the country, but in this case, five states from Self-Help Credit Union. I know she's got contacts and relationships with many different organizations over the years, so we'll talk a little bit about that too. But for now, let's just say hi to Miss Ebony Perkins. Ebony, how are you doing? Hey, Jason. It's a good day. It's Wednesday, hump day. So glad to be here. To, thank you. I'm glad you're here. Has it been a pretty easy day or has it been kind of a busy day for you? You know, I have to be honest with you. It's been a pretty busy day, but you know what? This might be the highlight of it. Just a good time to... <laughs> sit back and have a fun conversation. Of course, it's the highlight. You are our star of the day. You're the reason for the season. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Absolutely. So great. So great uh, to get a chance to learn. Well, I know a bunch of people have already sort of come through. I'm going to check every once in a while. There might be a beep to see if I need to let more folks in. Uh, but regardless, all of you who are here with us today live, uh, please just go to the chat. And if you have a question for Ebony, put it there. 
We, of course, have questions for her, but if I see one in the chat, I'm gonna to jump to your question first. So just put it in the chat and we'll get it to Ebony, to Ms. Perkins, of course. For now, I'm gonna go ahead and switch the screen. So brace yourselves. And here we go. If you came to creating economic opportunity for all communities, then you came to the right Zoominar. We're so happy to have Ms. Ebony Perkins from Self-Help Credit Union to share a little bit about what community development finance institutions, CDFIs can do for the, everyone in the community, which is something I learned only late um, about how amazing CDFIs are. So I'm very excited to learn more about one specifically in Self-Help Credit Union. So before we go to that though, let's just take a moment for a moment from our sponsor. And of course our sponsor is Jason Howell Company. So Jason Howell Company is a family wealth management firm. What we do is we help the rich get richer. Yes, the rich don't get richer by themselves. The rich get richer because the rich get help. And we are the help. But we hope that in beyond getting financially rich, we're also able to work with their values and create richer lives for their families and, of course, their communities. So our job is to create matriarchs and patriarchs out of the families that we work with, at least out of the principles of the families that we work with, to see if we can change the world in any way possible. In the way we've been doing it most recently, it's been through investments. And so we're starting to work with environmental, social, and governance factors more and more as we work with our clients' investments. So many of them had said yes to this. We're so excited about that to take the millions that we manage and do good for the world. For more about our firm, just go to jasonhowell.com. And of course, today, the star of our show, Ebony Perkins from Self-Help Credit Union. I had so much fun uh, working with your bio and, and putting the materials together to have this event and just thinking of all the questions I could ask you because of your experience. Um, I saw on there though, which was fascinating, 30 under 30. I would love to be 30 under 30 someday, but that, that ship has sailed for me. Uh, apparently at one point it was there for you. Uh, tell me what it was like to be at the SRI conference and be one of these people named. You know, it was it was a really good feeling. Um, you know, I think, you know, at my age, you often feel like, oh, my, wow, I should have accomplished so much by now. <laughs> and, and to, you know, realize that I've, I have done something and not only that, I'm, I'm in a field that I love and um, I'm in a field that has recognized my contributions and it, it was rewarding. It was humbling um, from this national organization and it really inspired me to continue doing what I'm doing. So, so it was nice. That is nice. And you describe yourself as a social entrepreneur. Tell me a little bit about that moniker and why that makes sense for you. Yeah, you know, I feel like um, instinctually I'm really entrepreneurial. I, I love growing and, and building um, different things um, and, and really put it out into the world in order to make a difference. Um, I'm really connected to public service. I often say that I, I love two things. I love business and I love public service. And for me, that is the combination of that, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it really can be. It's something that we're excited about as a firm as well. And I, I cannot leave this slide, Emily, Ebony, without actually talking about Claflin University. So tell us about Claflin University. I think that's important. We all know about Duke and UNC. So tell us about Claflin University. Yeah, Claflin University is an HBCU in, um, in Orangeburg, South Carolina, and it is my home. It is where I became, you know, the person I am today, home of the Panthers. So, yeah. 
Home of the Panthers, HBCU, Claflin <laughs> University. We won't forget it. The other schools, ah, we'll see what happens, okay? Yeah, we're good. We're good, we're good, <laughs> terrific. Well, let's get right into some of the Q&A. There is so much that I think most of the public does not know about community development finance institutions. And certainly self-help credit union is no Bank of America. It's no JP Morgan Chase. Um, so let, let's sort of begin with where you are and then we may get broad and then we may get narrow again. Okay. Uh, what, what is unique about self-help credit union? You know, self-help, we are one of the largest community development financial institutions in the country. Okay. And for folks who may not know what that is, I'm going to often use the phrase CDFI, which stands for Community Development Financial Institution. Um, a CDFI is an entity that focuses on really providing direct services into local communities and providing the financial resources um, and products that those communities need. So it's not a one-size-fits-all, kind of like what you mentioned with the larger institutions. We were created with a specific purpose of serving um, what I call underestimated communities, right? So that may include minorities. It includes low-income communities. It also includes um, rural communities or women or children, people that are typically overlooked and underserved. Self-help um, itself is really unique because we have two credit unions. I know here, you know, I listed self-help credit union, which is a state charter credit union, but we also have self-help federal credit union. And both of those entities serve eight states. We have branches in eight states across the country, but we do lending all over. So, you know, that's really what's unique about self-help. We are created over our 40 year history to really serve communities that have been underserved and underestimated. I love that idea, underestimated communities and apologize for the feedback if you're hearing it. Um, and I sold the credit union short in my descriptions. I think I put five states. And so my apologies uh, to, uh, to your principles at self-help, but uh, let's, let's underscore that. Let's just take a beat and think about that. Underestimated communities, great way to put that. Absolutely, absolutely. We all have some potential. I like that. Yeah, well, I, I like it too. I'm gonna start using it. Um, now, this is not in reference to necessarily some of the big banks, but can you tell us a little bit about predatory finance, uh, where it is typically, and how that really, really messes up the underestimated communities? I think a lot of times, um, those of us who may be privileged, and I'll I'm going to put myself in that space, sure. we may not understand that there is an entire industry that is focused on creating these financial products that get people in the loop. There are loans out in our country that allow for lenders to charge people interest rates in the triple digits. For instance, people are paying, you know, a hundred percent interest on a small loan for like $3,000. That is absolutely ridiculous. These loans have been designed in a way that people are unable to really get out of. It's designed in a way so that you continue to pay off this loan and have interest, you know, that you'll be paying off for the rest of your year, of your life. That is beyond ridiculous. And it's something that we recognize as a problem. 
Um, at self-help, you know, we provide all kinds of loans. We provide mortgages and small business loans. That has been the, you know, our bread and butter for years. But one time we realized that there was a problem because one of our borrowers came back to us. We had given like a $45,000 loan for a house and they had come in hard times and they refinanced under a predatory lender. Long story short, they got a crazy interest rate, a loan chart, crazy interest rate and that $45,000 loan ballooned to like $90,000. This is a problem. We are grateful for the work that we have done to eradicate um, predatory lending in North Carolina, so it's now illegal, but we realize it's a problem all over this country. And we have an entire entity, an entire group um, well, under the self-help umbrella called the Center for Responsible Lending that really focuses on the legal side of this work and to try and make sure that there aren't any lenders out here that are continuing to take advantage of our communities because it's not right. Triple digit interest rates, no matter how you spend it, is wrong. It's fascinating. I, I have the opportunity in the previous slides, you may have seen George Mason University, American University. I get the opportunity to teach 18 to 22 year olds and talk about some versions of predatory lending. And what's quirky is if you go to one of these institutions, you'll see an interest rate that's 1%, but that's not actually the APR, right? It, you don't know whether it's 1% per year. You don't know if it's 1% per day. And often it's 1% per day. And right. so now a, a two-week loan is actually 14%, which is incredible. But if you're not discerning, um, you can fall into that trap and say, oh, it's not so bad. Or even if it says 2 or 3%, well, that's not so bad. Compounded daily, monthly, or weekly, or as we are typically expecting, yeah. annually. And it's never annually, is it, Ebony? It's never annually. And yeah. it grows like that. Yep. And, and just to clarify, these kinds of loans, they're not a part of the five or six largest banks that we know by name. They're something different. Yeah, they, they are something different. You know, a lot of times people go to um, title loan places, um, check cashing in order to, to just get these loans. And, and it's not, um, I in no way want to blame the victims in this space. A lot of times people just need $1,000 to make it the next two weeks. It's and they know that this is a place where they can do it quickly, you know, for convenience. And so it's no, it's in no way the larger banks. It's um, a lot of the smaller entities at every corner, and so and they know where they are, they're going. They're targeting key neighborhoods, key yeah. demographics. Yeah, it, it, there is this hierarchy, isn't it, where you've got the the big banks who will cater to the mass, the mass group of us, the, the majority of us in, in neighborhoods and suburbs and the rest of it, uh, and in cities as well, people who have jobs, who are banked, as they say. Um, right. Then you've got way on the other end of the spectrum in some ways, you've got the self-help credit union types, right, that are pouring those profits into the community writ large, and so that's different. Um, and then somewhere you know, in betwixt uh, some of that stuff, you've got these other type of lenders. So they're not really they're not for the community, like a self-help credit union. They're not for generic profits, like your typical large six banks. Um, there's something, some other kind of animal entirely. And they're not illegal typically, but you're saying in North right. Carolina, they are illegal now. 
they are illegal now in North Carolina. And we've also had successes in other states as well. Like for instance, in California, um, we were able to work with a lot of local legislators to make sure that there is a cap for all interest rates um, across the state of California. And that is now 36%. Other people may be like, wow, that's still crazy. But compared to 100%, that is a huge um, win for us. Um, we have also had a success, I want to say, in Arkansas, um, where the last, um, in the last election, voters decided that they wanted to um, eradicate predatory lending as well. So we're taking it state by state <laughs> um, and really just trying to do what we can from a legal perspective to try and really cut back on all of this. Terrific. Well, well let's, let's back up a little bit, Ebony, and let's talk about how this credit union and, and maybe CDFIs in general, but you know, talk about how this credit union is impacting communities in general and how it's a part of that larger sphere of impact investing. I'm not certain that everyone is able to tie those together. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of times um, when we think about investing and we think about impact investing in general, right? We automatically think about two things, stocks and we think about bonds. We don't see anything else. But in reality, there are, and Jason, you know this, there are so many different asset classes of investments. And one of the easiest ways that you can just stick your toe in ESG and SRI investing is by considering where you place your cash. A lot of times people don't think about the fact that, you know, when you place your cash in a bank or a credit union, those funds aren't just sitting there waiting for you. They are lending those funds out to, to borrowers. And so the question becomes, are they lending the funds to the communities that you find that you wanna support? Are they lending those funds to the people that you want to uplift? And if the answer is no, then you might wanna reconsider. Those dollars can really, really make a difference in someone else's life. Um, prime example at self-help, there is a lady that we um, gave a loan to not too long ago. And she's in rural North Carolina and she um, heard about a home ownership workshop that was happening at her church that one of our loan officers just happened to be speaking at. And she eventually shared, you know, she was in her 50s, she wanted to buy her own home, but she's never been able to, to do this before. And she didn't know where to start. And so the loan officer said, don't worry about it. Come into my office, we'll, we'll get this settled and we'll figure out a way to get you in your own home. So over the course of the next few months, they worked together and eventually she was able to buy her very first home in her 50s. She was so excited. And you know, she invited us over and we did a video with her because she wanted to tell her story in her own words. And she said, you know, this is my home. She showed us all around. She was so proud of it. And she said, you know what? It's November and I have told my family that for the first time ever, we are doing Christmas at my house. There will be a Christmas tree right there in that corner. And come Christmas Eve, we're opening gifts here. That is a point of pride, right? She had been turned down from so many people and so many institutions before to the point where she believed it wasn't possible. And so we, uh, we work to support people like this lady, you know, and to really make sure that we are using the, the funds that we are stewarding 
from our investors, you know, whether that's a CD or a money market account or savings account, we're using those funds for good. So if your dollars aren't doing that, question it. Two questions there, Ebony. Number one, how can we know whether our dollars are working in the communities that we may be thinking about? And, and second question, why couldn't that borrower have a similar opportunity with one of the large banks? Yeah, so I think there, so I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take a step back. I'm gonna answer the second one first. Okay. Um, that borrower may not have had an opportunity with other institutions for many different reasons. One being, you know, at self-help, we are extremely, not extremely, but we are very flexible in our lending. We allow um, and we may provide loans for people who have credit scores, you know, at least up to 600, you know, as low as 600, a 600 credit score. Um, larger institutions and banks may not. We are flexible in the type of accounts that we look at to make sure that they are reputable um, borrowers. So like we also look at, you know, if they pay off their cell phone bill or if they pay off, um, you know, energy bills or cable bills, we're a bit more flexible in the ways that we um, assess whether a borrower is a good borrower or not, because we recognize, you know, that the system may not be as fair as we, we may think. And then if we're being really honest, we recognize that systematically um, the finance system has some issues. There have been cases of discrimination, unfair discrimination uh, for generations. And we believe that by providing this resource, we can help bridge the racial gap. Um, so that's one, answering the second question first. Mm -hmm. And then this, your second question around how can you really know whether your bank is, is making that type of work, doing that type of work? I think one, you need to question and decide what are your values? Uh, what type of things are important to you first? So if you think that you are really into environmental issues, I suggest going with an entity that really focuses on that type of stuff, focusing on that type of work and making those type of loans in order to support the environment. Or if you care about social justice and racial issues, supporting an entity that focuses on that type of work is really, really important. Um, and then also, you know, there's a lot of, I say, I'm, I love information. <laughs> Uh, there's so much information out there and entities that really talk about this work, like their Impact Alpha. You know, you can subscribe to Impact Alpha and learn a lot of really great information around this space and who is doing good work in here and, and where there may be some issues. And really, you know, just the news in general and Wall Street Journal and everybody is there's often information from reporters that are coming out about larger institutions that can help you make an informed decision as to whether this is somebody you want to support. Subscribe to Impact Alpha, pay some attention. That's good. Yeah. I, uh, I do have one question in the chat for you. What yeah. interest rate range are you approving borrowers with low credit scores? Um, oh, it varies. And I, so I'm not on that side of it right now. I think, especially since this year, is it generically is higher or is it is it lower or how does that it's work? A, it's a tad bit higher. I think right now our rates range from like 4% up 
Um, but I need to double check on that, but it's not like extremely high. It's not in the, the teens or the twenties. Sure. Um, but so, in yeah, this, it's, in it's this no market, uh, predatory finance, <laughs> right? It's no predatory finance. No, it's, you know, just like with any institution it's dependent on credit score and down payment and all of that. But at this moment, I say it's about four, four and a half and up. And with your, I know you do investor relations. That's part of what you do. And, and so you're, you're used to answering pretty detailed financial questions. In that sense, do you see the loans that your bank supports, that your credit union supports, to have a higher default rate than the larger banks? I think that's the best part of, of a CDFI, and not just self-help, but you know, all CDFIs, we, we really do do the legwork and we really do the necessary underwriting to make sure that we are in a good position. Um, and our default rate at self-help is, I wanna say like two or 3% right now. It's, it's remarkably low, remarkably low. So um, how does yeah, that compare? Really that Do you know how that compares with the big banks or? I think it's around the same rate, if not just like a, a tad bit higher, not a lot, okay. a tad bit higher, but that's, that's the work we do. We are intentionally trying to take the risk uh, that they weren't able to. Terrific. Tell us, Ebony, how can individuals and businesses get involved with a credit union like Self-Help so that they can see the impact that your, your team is building? You know, I think there are so many different ways. Um, you know, I mentioned before that we have two credit unions, Self-Help Credit Union and Self-Help Federal Credit Union. An individual can always open an account online up to $100,000. Businesses, you can definitely open accounts as well. Um, you can also just contact our team at invest at self-help.org. Um, but I say that one of the easiest ways is by opening a money market account, opening a CD or a savings account. I often share that our specialty is, um, our re specialty really focuses on your savings. And so it's, it's what we do. And, and if you're open to moving your savings to us, no matter if you're individual or our business, we can definitely help, help you put your money to good use. That's terrific. And then I guess mechanically the way it works, the, the money you're, you're now taking it just like any other bank and you're lending that money out at slightly higher rates to help these folks who would typically not get opportunities to receive loans for businesses, for homes, for cars, Absolutely. Businesses, homes, cars, even like consumer loans. So those are the smaller loans for like $500 or $1,000 just to make it to next week. We provide those as well. Okay. And then is the interest rate that you offer your, your customers, is mm -hmm. it slightly lower to be able to afford what you're doing or you, you're, you make the arithmetic work? No, no, it's, it's not slightly lower. We actually offer competitive um, deposit rates. And so like right now, I think that our CD, a 12 month CD is 0.4%. Um, so that is competitive in today's market. Um, and I'll share too, you know, we get a lot of support elsewhere like through philanthropic support. So we're able to make this work and we're, we've been very successful. 
That's neat. That's terrific. It's good to know. So the, the rates are competitive, which yeah. is check and your money's mm-hmm. going towards causes that you may actually be very interested in. Check again. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Uh, hard to lose on this one so far. <laughs> um, why, why does self-help credit union have a scholarship fund? I saw that on the homepage. Yeah, you know, we are so well-rounded. <laughs> we have over 800 employees all across the country, but we really want to give back to our local communities, right? You okay. know, that's our focus. It's not just loans, but it's also the communities that we serve. And that also comes in the form of education. And so we really, we give this opportunity to each branch that we have. We have over 60 branches across the country, almost 70 at this point. And each branch gets to select a local scholarship recipient. It's their way to give back. We recognize that, you know, um, finance, economic opportunity for all and education is a part of that. So yeah, we decided let's give back in this way as well. And I think these are $1,000 scholarships uh, and applications are. are open now for students. Yeah, yeah. Okay, terrific. Uh, got a question from the chat. Okay. How do you help nonprofit organizations that serve underprivileged communities? Oh, that is such a great question. Um, A lot of our borrowers are also nonprofit organizations. We work with nonprofits in so many different ways. Um, So we have a lot of borrowers that are nonprofits. Like, for instance, um, in California, we recently gave a loan to a group that wanted to start like a community food market in an area that was a food desert. Um, And so we provided them, I want to say, like a one or two million dollar loan in order to help them do that and provide for their local communities. We've also, I'll go back to our most recent thing, uh, we've provided a lot of PPP loans. And if for folks who may not know what a PPP loan, it was the um, a loan provided to small business or business owners in order to pay their staff during COVID, you know, if their businesses were shut down um, and it could be a possible um, forgiven loan. And so, the thing is with the PPP loan, a lot of people, especially the first round, if you had relationships with a larger bank, then you were set, you were good to go and you knew who to call and you were able to get that money quickly before it all ran out. However, if you were a smaller nonprofit or a bus uh, or you know a truck driver, hairstylist, or even a church, you may not have had those relationships, right? And so, we wanted to make sure that the people we served, including those nonprofits, were able to get the funds that they needed in order to pay their employees and continue to provide for their communities. And so that's one of the many ways that we work with nonprofits. We also partner with nonprofits to provide direct services to folks, whether it's um, financial literacy for our members or for local communities. So there are so many different ways that we have built those relationships. This is a follow-up question on the nonprofits. Is there a minimum amount, I assume, of revenue that the nonprofit has to already be generating to qualify for the loan? I think it's really just dependent on the size of the entity. So yes, there is, but it's um, dependent on the size of the entity, the organization, all of that fun stuff. But if um, the person who is asking um, wants to learn more, they can just email us at invest at self-help.org and we are happy to connect them with our commercial lending team. I don't want to speak out of turn about those uh, requirements for the loan. That's great. And we will also, um, for all folks who registered for this, I'll send out your information, Ebony, for people to get back in touch with you if they want to one-on-one. Final question I've got on this list anyway, 
can you sort of step back a little bit and look at self-help and look at the other organizations that you know that do similar work and just sort of assess what you think the potential for all CDFIs really can be in this country? You know, I'll, I'll share that I think um, CDFIs are probably one of America's best kept secrets. Um, a lot of people don't know them or like, what in the world is this? Why are there so many letters? <laughs> but um, I think in reality, we're doing a lot of, a lot of really great work, CDFIs all, all around the country. And I think that especially in 2020, that really came to fruition. Like people started to recognize that with everything that was going on with COVID and George Floyd and the economic downturn. Um, and I think that CDFIs are really on the ground. They are making the direct impact that people are looking for, right? And I think that CDFIs are doing a lot of great work. I think that investors, both individuals and institutions are starting to see that and they are starting to shift dollars towards them. Um, although I know that, you know, I'm here representing self-help, I, I wanted to lift up other entities. There are other CDFIs that are doing a lot of great work. There are over 700, 800 of us in the country, um, you know, and they're like, for instance, Latino Community Credit Union, they focus on um, Latino communities. I think um, Hope Credit Union in Mississippi, and they're starting to expand in that area. They're doing a lot of great work. OWISTA focuses on Native American communities. There are a lot of really great CDFIs and I don't think there is any shortage of work that needs to be done. So we've been here for a long time. I don't see us going anywhere. Hopefully not. And you've got more questions here in the chat. Um, okay. What would you say the key differences between assumedly this credit union and a maybe more traditional federal credit union? So when you say traditional credit, federal credit union, because self-help also has a federal credit union as well. Okay. So are we there, have, are there uh, distinctions between maybe credit are. unions generically? Yeah, and a CDFI? There are. And so although, the self, so for instance, self-help credit union, which is the state charter credit union and self-help federal credit union, um, we both have similar goals uh, we're we're both not even similar. Same goals. We're all under the same umbrella. We have the same mission, same communities that we're serving. Um, however, legally and from a you know a legal perspective, there are different regulations for a federal credit union than there are a state credit union. Um, we still have the same rates. It's just and then also from a geographic standpoint between the state and federal credit union, we serve different communities. Um, yeah. When I say different communities, geographically different states but it's just a legal, a legal standing. Terrific. And um, this final question I have here in the chat, large banks like Bank of America, Wells Fargo have recently provided financial support to many CDFIs. Did self-help receive funds? If so, has it, has it with your mission and impact? Has, I guess, has self-help received it with the context of your mission and impact? Maybe the Yeah, question. so we, uh, we received, and we've had long, a long-term relationship with larger entities like Wells Fargo and Bank of America. This isn't just within the last year or two. Um, they have provided what we call PRIs, so program-related investments um, to self-help, you know, millions and millions of dollars to support our work. And yes, it has definitely, definitely helped us um, continue to put those funds into these communities. Um, and not to mention, you know, we also have a 
a relationship with them where we encourage them to also take greater risk on the loans that they're providing. So it's, we are super grateful for them. Um, and, you know, their support has also allowed us to continue to make a difference. So they can be partners. They're, they're not adversaries in that regard, are they? They are partners, not even can be. They have been. Yeah. They have been terrific. And we know the Community Reinvestment Act of 1977, followed up in 1995, has certainly encouraged their, their partnership. And we appreciate that too, don't we? Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, great. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop the share here. We're going to come back to uh, our big, lovely faces. And uh, Ebony, as we come to a close here in our time with us, don't cry, everyone. Maybe you can email Ebony and you can be back in touch with her. Maybe you could just give us something to walk away with as an opportunity. It could be the checking savings account thing. It could be something else. How can we as individuals participate in the kind of stakeholder capitalism that self-help credit union and many other banks like yours participate in? You know, what I would recommend um, is for really everyone to take an assessment of their own uh, finances, right? And really see what you are doing right now and what's most important to you. And if you're interested in really trying to use your money, no matter what amount that is, if you're really interested in trying to use it for good, continue or consider placing your funds with the CDFI. And you know, if it's too much, don't even worry about moving over your operating account. Just move over your savings. Dip your toe in the water for a little bit. Move over your savings to a CDFI, Self-Help Credit Union, or Optus Bank in Columbia, South Carolina. You know, and, and really see how your money makes a difference. It could be very powerful. Ebony Perkins, see how your money makes a difference with a CDFI. And if you are interested, Self-Help Credit Union, I do believe there's some branch relationship here in Virginia, isn't there? We do, we do. We have a branch in Galax. So, Galax, Virginia. Yep, yep, right at the tip. Beautiful part of our Commonwealth, I am certain. Thank you so much, Ebony, for being a part of this conversation. I think we've all learned plenty, and I know that at least a few of us, I know I will be following up with you very soon. Have a great rest of your afternoon. Thank you, Jason. You do the same. Take care. Bye-bye.